Lord this evening, and we're going to be reading from the book of Proverbs and also from the book of James, the book of Proverbs and the book of James. Uh, I want to read to you from the 18th chapter of the book of Proverbs and the 21st verse. I want to say again, uh, while you're turning there, that we have and are so grateful. Many of you were here this morning and, and heard the announcement, uh, but we have received approval from the city of Montgomery to proceed with our building project. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that is a great, great uh, and wonderful development. And of course, uh, we will be receiving final uh, permitting of all the details uh, in, the, in the coming months. But, but we are well on our way to being able to just be free sailing and move forward with the project. Amen. God is good, and we rejoice in that. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Uh, but reading this evening from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I will also read from the book of James, and we will read from the third chapter of the book of James. And we're going to begin at the second verse. We're going to be continuing to read about this power of the tongue. James chapter 3 verse 2. If many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed, of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. Full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And I just want to preach to you for a few moments tonight or, or talk to you a little bit tonight. On the subject, the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. We just lift our voices together in this place under the Lord one more time. God, we thank you for the preaching of the word of God. We thank you that we are gathered here today. We thank you, Lord, that we can open the bread of life and receive the nutrition of our soul. That we can receive guidance for our lives. I pray, God, that you will teach us. Oh, God, reach us. Reach into our spirit man, Lord, and make the adjustments and the corrections that you see fit so that we can truly be made in your image, that we can truly walk in the ways of your righteousness. We thank you, God, and give you praise. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Let's just deal right out of the gate with what is being spoken here in this, in this passage of Scripture that we have read tonight. This book of James deals so profoundly with this matter of the tongue. Not mincing words, not, not cutting us any slack whatsoever, but letting us understand that the most unruly member of your body is the tongue inside your mouth. That thing that 
that forms all the words that you and I would use. And, and, it, and it speaks, it speaks forth. And, uh, and, and what this teaches us is the awesome power of words. The awesome power of words. We understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We understand that. The worlds were framed by the word of God. And, and so when you look around you, everything that you see is here because the word came forth out of the mouth of God. What does that teach us about words? Words have creative power in them. So when a word is spoken, it immediately begins to create a thing. And that is a terrifying reality when you think of how many words we have spoken in anger, in haste, in, in envy, in greed, in hurt, and in hate. How many words have been, have been spoken by our mouths and every one of those words have gone forth from us and has created something here and there and, and has built problems. So many problems that we have in our life come from the words that we speak and the words that we have used so carelessly. And this is the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God uh, went forth and created what we see in the world. Even, even this building where we sit and the building that we are getting ready to build. We're getting ready to build a building. Uh, before we put one footer in the ground, understand that before that was materialized, it was spoken. It was spoken. It was brainstormed. It was thought. It was idealized. And, and then it becomes a reality over time. So whether it's as large as a corporation or as small as an impression, words create things. In fact, words are designed to do so. Words become flesh. They do not stay words. They become materialized. This is why in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. Words become the things that they represent and reflect. So therefore, uh, I'm going to tell you like your Sunday school teacher told you, and like what your parents told you, be careful, little mouth, what you say. And, and, and even greater maturity is be deliberate, little mouth, of what you say. Don't just be cautious, but be intentional about the words that you speak. And so we look at what James says. James says, look, we, these, these words are very powerful things. There's a creative dynamic inside of these words. And so, so the, 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 the tongue then becomes a very important fixture of the human experience and, and needs to be addressed. And he likens it to the fact that those who would, who would govern a horse will put bits in the horse's mouth and they will turn the whole body with the bit they have put in the horse's mouth. It's a little, little bit of something that they've put in the horse's mouth. And this gigantic, massive body of this beast is able to be turned at the will and the whim of the governor of that horse because of the bit that was placed in its mouth. Same is true of a ship, a mighty ship. It is great. It is driven of fierce winds. Yet it is turned about with a very small helm. And the writer says, even so the tongue is. Like a very small helm or like a very little bit that is placed in the horse's mouth. This large ship, this large body of the horse is turned by these very small factors and the same is true of your body and your destiny and your life experience and your relationship and the blessing or lack thereof in your life it is turned about by this small matter called a tongue and the bible said it is a little member and it boasts great things, even though it is a little member. But behold, how great a matter 
a little fire kindleth. Now, now he's likening that to the fact that even the smallest of flames can set ablaze whole cities. Of course, the infamous Chicago fire that was started supposedly, according to history and tradition, supposedly by a cow kicking over a lantern in the barn. And the whole city of Chicago burned to the ground because of one small flame that got out of control. And that's the way the tongue is. The tongue begins to, begins to set things on fire. And if you don't have control over your tongue, you are an absolute disruptor of a dangerous kind because you don't even realize what you're doing. You're just going from one conversation to the next and you're just setting folks on fire. <laughs> you're, you're just burning down peace and burning down joy and you're just, like, you're just like a little wrecking ball running around. And that's the way the tongue is when it gets out of control. So James is telling us you have to get a hold of this thing. Notice what he said. He said the, the tongue is a fire. It's like if a candle were to fall over in the house. It's like, it's like somebody leaving the stove on and paper towel touching it and bursting into flames and nobody knows it and it, it, it unleashes a fury and the house burns down and then the neighbor's house burns down and then the dry field burns up and on and on the fire goes. It is a fire. It might be a little member, but behold a great matter that a little fire can kindle. It is a fire. It is a world. Of iniquity not it's not an act of iniquity it is it's a whole ecosystem of iniquity it is it is a world of iniquity this is what the tongue is among our members the whole body of a human being will be defiled by what the tongue speaks it sets on fire the course of nature what you say and how you say it and what comes out of your mouth is affecting your whole body. And it's affecting the people around you. In fact, not only does it set on fire the course of nature, but the scripture teaches us it is set on fire of hell. So he makes sure that we understand that the tongue is a fire. Yes, it's a fire, but, but you need to know what kind of fire. It is a hell fire. It is set on fire of hell. Your tongue, an unruly tongue, has been dipped in the flames of hell and, and is an is a active participant of the devil's work in, in being a fiery dart of the wicked. And that's what the tongue is. The Bible goes on to say every kind of beast, birds, serpents, things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame. Every kind of beast. Every kind of beast. Big grizzly bears. Big lions and tigers. And bears, oh my. And, and every kind of serpent. Now, now, I don't need to go into the details of what kind of serpents are, 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 are unwanted. I, we recently were in Memphis, Tennessee and... We went back to our childhood home. My brother and I took our kids and went to the uh, went to our childhood home, and and uh, and we lived on a lake in uh, northern Mississippi, just outside of Memphis. And uh, and there were snakes all the time. We used to run through the yard, and snakes would slither past our feet. And we would go down to the lake, and we would take rocks and throw them in the water, and we'd watch the snakes swim off, and then we'd get in the water and swim around. And I don't know, I don't have any clue who that young child was. Apparently, it was me. Uh, I don't know where he went. <laughs> but he's not swimming with no snakes anymore. Amen. What childlike faith. But, but we went down to that lakeside, and, uh, and, and we got there's some really beautiful pictures of us down by the lakeside as Sister Heidi stood way up on the patio and didn't come down to the lake. And we were... Checking it out. They found a water moccasin that morning that we were there. And they, they showed us pictures. It was all cut up with the shovel. And, and we thought, you know, thank the Lord. The Lord just delivered us from, from this lake. But the, but the fact of the matter is your tongue is like, is like that deadly serpent. But even the deadly serpent has been able to be tamed. Even the deadly beast has been able to be tamed. And, 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 and things in the sea, sharks and and 
megalodon and, and things of that nature have been able to be tamed, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. It is full of deadly poison. And we use it to bless God, our Father. And then we turn right around and we curse man who is made after the similitude of God. And out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And these things ought not to be. The writer of Proverbs, the great king, wise King Solomon said, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Two amazing concepts that we are affected by day in and day out. Both death and life. When things come to a conclusion and when things come to fruition. When things blossom and thrive and when things wither and sour and die. And the Bible says that the death and life, the matters of death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue tongue is constantly speaking either death or it is speaking life and the question we have for ourselves tonight is what am I speaking and what is my tongue doing in my world how is my tongue affecting my relationships how is my tongue affecting those around me how is my tongue is it blessing or is it cursing is my tongue a benefit or an edification is it is it a is it some kind of a poison to the people that are around me you have to to come to grips with the fact that your tongue is a world of iniquity. It sets on fire the course of nature. The fire we speak of is the fire of hell. It is, it is unruly. It's not tamed. It's unable to be tamed. It must be sanctified by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is exactly why when God fills a person with the gift of the Holy Ghost, they speak with other tongues. You are yielding the most unruly member of your body to the Spirit of the living God. And the Spirit of God fills you to overflowing. And when He fills you to overflowing, that tongue begins to declare the wondrous works of God. Not with a language that you are controlling or that you are premeditating or that you have predetermined but with an utterance and and an auction of the mighty God of heaven. He speaks forth praises using the most unruly member of your body. And when that unruly member is tamed by the Spirit of God, then your whole body is able to be bridled. The Bible said to yield your, the members of your body as instruments of righteousness. The members of your body should not be instruments of unrighteousness. The members of your body should not be instruments of uncleanness or ungodliness or of destruction. The members of your body should be yielded as instruments of righteousness, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Hallelujah. It should be lending a hand to the downtrodden, lifting them up, hallelujah, out of their despair. Your feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Your body is to be yielded to God as instruments of righteousness but your body cannot be yielded until the unruly member called your tongue is yielded there are a lot of people that want to yield their body as an instrument of righteousness but their tongue is out of control and God will never be able to use you like he could use you when you have an unruly tongue God help us all and God deliver us from speaking out of both sides of our mouth. God deliver us from speaking words of injury to people. God deliver us from gossip. God deliver us from lying. God deliver us from tail bearing. God deliver us from, from profane and vain babblings. God deliver us. 
Oh, hallelujah. I want to show you what the word of the Lord says. The word of the Lord teaches us to, to watch our tongue. Notice what the book of Proverbs chapter 26 teaches us. We're going to read a few verses of scripture, chapter 26, and we're going to begin uh, reading at the 20th verse. The scripture says, where no wood is there, the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. The talebearer is the person carrying the story. Did you hear? Have you heard the latest? You know, if everybody you're hanging out with is a gossip, and you know it, then you, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't say anything about it. I just, I just hear what they're saying, and I'm appalled at everything they say. We're having lunch tomorrow. We'll be we're catching up on all the latest news. <laughs> the the, the, the tail bearer has a, has a, has a, a message that it is spreading. Now, we are not called to preach the gossip. We are called to preach the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go tell it on the mountains talking about the gospel, not the gossip. <laughs> preach to every creature talking about the gospel, not the gossip. Go tell it in the valley lows talking about the gospel, not the gossip. Go tell everybody you know. Let everybody hear. It's talking about the gospel. Not the latest news of how somebody's life has unraveled or how some kind of a tragedy has developed in their moral character. Don't get caught up in that. That is tail-bearing. And the Bible said, if you'll stop it, the fire will go out. Don't you know God wants to restore that person? Don't you know that God wants to heal that person? Don't you know that God wants to forgive that person, heal that person, lift that person up? And, 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 he's, and he's not able to do it when the people around them are continuing the spreading of the flame. Just carrying the message, carrying the news. Did you hear? Well, I heard. Now, far be it from me to, to gossip, but I heard let me see if I can get my details right. So-and-so said to such-and-such, and then such-and-such such said to my cousin, and then my cousin said, now that's what I heard. That's, that, that's tail-bearing. And the Bible said that if you'll stop the tail-bearing, the fire will cease. The, fi the fire of hell that we're talking about. That world of iniquity. That's setting on fire the course of nature. All that stuff that's being spread about concerning a thing. It will stop if you'll stop talking about it. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, so he said where no wood is, there's a fire going out. And, and you, know, you know, you see something going wrong and, and somebody's going through a trial and... and and, and it's been blazing and flaming and, and it's, it's just been, it's just been, you can't even get near it because it's about to scorch your eyebrows. And then the campfire starts dying down. And a little flicker here and a flicker there and here comes somebody with gasoline. <laughs> setting, up, setting up pieces of wood and logs and getting them just right. Make sure we get this thing blazing again. That's tail bearing. The Bible said if you won't do that, the fire will go out. We want the fire of hell to be extinguished. Hallelujah. As coals are to burning fire, as coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down. Listen to what your words as a talebearer do. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. That's the wound you've inflicted on someone. Now, you know, I, I'm going to tell you something real quick before I go any further. I preach what the Lord puts on my heart. And I never preach concerning a particular situation, trying to address a particular situation. I just preach what the Lord places upon my heart. So if this is hitting somebody square between the eyes, you just know that's the Holy Ghost and not me trying to settle some score. I don't know what you're talking about, 
But if it's a tail bearer, if it's a tail bearing, if it's something that's causing a fire in your world or in somebody else's world, understand those are wounds. And they're going down into the innermost parts of that person's belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart liar like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not. You have totally discredited yourself when you're a talebearer. When you speak fair, we are commanded by the word of God not to believe you. For there are seven abominations in his heart. We must not be guilty of being a talebearer. And if you are guilty of such a thing, it is like any other sin. It must be repented of, turned away from, given to God. Hallelujah. And let yourself be sanctified and yield your tongue again to the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something about yielding your tongue to the Holy Ghost. And we're going to get to this in a moment. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we speak in other tongues. But the Bible doesn't just talk about, talk about speaking in other tongues. Whereas it's an unknown language where you speak it and it's an unknown language that you've never learned before. That's speaking in other tongues. But the Bible also talks about speaking with new tongues. And speaking with new tongues is different. Speaking with new tongues is the way you talk becomes different. The way you communicate becomes different. Every man that is in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Listen, if you're not speaking with new tongues, it doesn't matter whether you're speaking in tongues or not. You can't come out of the world of cursing and come out of the world of lying and come out of the world of gossip and step into this new creation in Christ Jesus and keep on lying, cursing, and gossiping. You got to speak with new tongues. And these new tongues are tongues of love and tongues of faith and tongues of hope and tongues of peace and tongues of empowerment and tongues of encouragement, tongues of kindness. Oh, bless his name. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. Notice this. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Can't wait. Can't wait to share the juicy bit of gossip that they have received. And they reveal secrets. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Amen. Pulls it in, makes it a matter of prayer. I'm not going to share this with the masses. I'm not going to talk about this lightly. This is something that is serious. This is something that needs to be taken to God. We all know that what I'm telling is true. Every person, even, even the talebearer, even the talebearer understands this is true. And you need deliverance and you want deliverance in Jesus' name. You'll be so have so much peace in your heart if you let God deliver you from. From being a gossip. Amen. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22 goes on to another matter, not tail bearing, but it says, Lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Let me share with you that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. It is the, it is the, it is the violation, the transgression of the great commandment that simply says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. What a tragedy when someone would rise up with a lying tongue, rise up with, with a false witness against their neighbor. And speak a word of of falseness, an accusation, something that is untrue. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Don't get caught up in lies. Don't tell them. Don't believe them. Don't listen to them. Don't entertain them. Why? Because it is a world of iniquity that the tongue is trying to set on fire. Amen. Amen. Notice what the book of Ecclesiastes says in chapter 10, verse 20. I love this because we're talking about, we're going to talk about cursing. Don't curse. And, and the Bible says, curse not the king. No, not in thy thought. 
and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. In other words, you don't hold it in your, in your mind and don't talk about it in, in, in privacy. Don't curse people in the private moments with trusted friends where you're just going off on your rampage, especially in the days of the iPhone. This might have been a prophecy about cellular technology. Lord, have mercy. You're just dialing folks. Don't even know you're dialing folks. And if you're cursing someone in the privacy of your, of your bedchamber or even cursing someone in your own thoughts and in the way that you think of them, don't hold on to those thoughts. Well, I would never dream of saying it. I don't care if you don't dream of saying it. You will say it. It will come out of your mouth. If it's in your heart. Don't do it. Do not be guilty of cursing someone. Not in word. Not in thought. Not in the privacy of your bedchamber. Because a bird of the air will take that. And that which hath wings. It has, in other words, it has a way of traveling. And you don't know how it gets where it goes. You don't understand the way of the wings. I don't understand the way of the wings. I've got, I've got limbs and I flap them and they don't, I don't lift up off the ground. But when a small little bird can flap their wings and come up off the ground, it's unexplainable and it's foreign to me. And that's what this is saying. That when you begin to speak of things and you think it's in privacy and you think that you're just, it's just you and whoever, but you're cursing people around you, Somehow, unexplainably, inexplicably, it travels. And it lands places you don't expect it to go. Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. The word of the Lord says this. We're talking again about cursing. Notice what the word of the Lord says. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. I'm going to tell you something. If we can get this, there is such a blessing of the Lord in this. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Anybody ever had somebody persecute you? Anybody ever had that? Where somebody just had it in for you. And you don't know why. Maybe you do know why. Maybe you don't know why. But they just simply got you in their crosshairs and they didn't like you. And they became a thorn in your side. And they, they began to persecute you. The scripture says, bless them. And then, it, and then it said, in case you don't understand what we mean, bless them and don't curse them. Let me tell you what the Bible says about Michael the archangel. The Bible says that when the devil disputed with Michael the archangel over the body of Moses, that, that, that Michael the archangel said to him, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't even say, I rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And this is why the scripture teaches us in the book of Jude. He durst not bring a railing accusation against the devil. If you can bring a railing accusation against anybody, it ought to be the devil. But Michael, the archangel, wouldn't even bring a railing accusation against the devil. And we bring railing accusations against people that get on our nerves. And the scripture says, stop it. If they're persecuting you, bless them. If they're, if they're despitefully using you, love them. If they're persecuting you, pray for them. And don't curse them. We are not a people of cursing. We do not let cursing cross our lips. We do not curse people. We do not curse people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We let love flow from us. We let peace flow from us. We live peaceably with all men. We follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Can, 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 can blessing and cursing flow out of the same fountain? Can the same fountain put forth bitter water and sweet? In other words, can the same fountain produce 
refreshing water and toxic water? No. Because, because that, that toxicity will even taint the spout where the pure water is to flow. And, and it'll, it'll taint, it'll jade, it'll, it'll alter the consistency of the purity of the water. So don't let, don't let cursings come out of your mouth. This, this is reserved for blessings to flow. Blessings to flow. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. God bless you. God be with you. God comfort you. God be with you. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your life. Let the love of God overshadow you and your family and your marriage and your home and your children and your adventures in life. Oh, if we just started blessing one another. You know, don't you realize that's what the Bible's saying? Here you bless God and curse man. And here man is made after the similitude of God. You don't realize when you curse man, you're cursing God. Because man is made after the similitude of God. And so, so, so this is what Jesus meant when he said, they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I, we all, I, I, that was so interesting to me because I thought, yeah, they, do, they know exactly what they're doing. You can't, you can't, like, you can't like stick a spear in somebody's side and not know what you're doing. They knew they were crucifying him. They knew they were wounding him, bruising him, and smiting him and afflicting him. What they did not know is that they were doing it to God when they did it to him. And that's what people don't know they're doing when they wound you. And that's why you must forgive them. They don't know that they're doing it to God when they do it to you. Therefore, you must forgive them for they know not what they do. And you so many times when you wound someone, you don't know, you're not doing it to them. You're doing it to God. Jesus said that. He said, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. When did we see you in prison? When you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Because when you do it unto them or when you don't do something unto them, you have done it or you have not done it unto God. So don't let cursing come across your, the threshold of your mouth. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 16. I want, I want, I want you to hear this. This is very important. Very important. And I'm, we're, we're going to hasten along here. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 16 says, Shun profane and vain babblings. Profane babblings, that's that crude talk. That's that talk that is of an uncouth nature. That talk that is, is of, a, of a, a, a nature that is vile and base and lewd. It is not to be a part of the vocabulary of the child of God. Don't say things that are unclean or talk about things that are unclean. These are profane babblings and we do not speak them. Shun profane babblings and furthermore shun vain babblings. That's the talk that doesn't amount to anything fruitful. And so many times that's what we do. We talk about things that are fruitless they're not going to help anything. They're not going to help anybody. And we, and we just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about fruitless, fruitless things or unclean, uncouth things. Rude and crude things and, and lewd things. And this is against the will of God for the child of God. Shun profane babblings. Shun vain babblings. And he gives you a reason why. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. People, when they say things and speak of things and tell things, this is why we don't participate in the telling of unclean, even unclean jokes that people might find funny. And we don't, we don't listen to it and we don't entertain it. And we don't entertain that kind of comedic entertainment because those are profane babblings and they increase unto more ungodliness. They do not belong in the tongue that is yielded unto God. 
And if it's entering into your thought stream, it will come out of your mouth. This is why you must pray before you go to work. Because sometimes you can't help what people say around you. And you and I, you know what I'm talking about. I hear it from the saints of God a lot where they say I go to work and some of the people I work with, they've got the most vile language. They speak of the most terrible things. And I just feel like I have to take a shower by the time I get out of there. And, and that's exactly what you need to do spiritually. You need to walk into that place full of the Holy Ghost. You need to walk into that place covered by the blood of the Lamb. And when you come out, you need to come out rejoicing and giving God praise. And, and don't let it get to you and don't dwell upon it because what comes out of our mouth is to be of a godly nature if you participate in profane babblings or vain babblings it will increase unto more ungodliness in you amen psalm 45 and verse 1 psalm 45 and verse 1 i love this because the scripture speaks of a thing called indicting indicting my heart the scripture says in psalm 45 and verse 1 is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Because of what my heart is indicting. That word indicting has to do with abundance. It actually means gushing or overflowing. My heart is overflowing of a good matter. And because it is overflowing with a good matter, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. So, so it's, it's like your tongue becomes a thing that, that, that it's as though you are inspired and you are writing with, with a reckless abandon and you know exactly what you're going to say and the adjectives are flowing and the, and the, and the wordsmithing is going on. And you got you are you are putting together on parchment this masterpiece of a of a, a soliloquy and, and 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 when you when you have your mind full of a good matter your tongue becomes the pen of a ready writer whatever is in your mind in abundance your tongue will be the pen of a ready writer according to that thing so if it is Profane and vain babblings, your tongue will be like the pen of a ready writer. If it's the words of a talebearer, your tongue will be like the pen of a ready writer. If it's the words of cursing and the words of lying, your tongue will be like the pen of a ready writer. But the psalmist said, when my heart is, is abundant with a good matter, and I speak of the things which I have made touching the king, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer because it is full to overflowing of the goodness of God and the greatness of the king and the power of his word. This is what Jesus was trying to tell them in the, in the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I want to read it to you. Verses 34, 30 rather through 34. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. Now I want to talk to you a little bit I wish I could talk to you more about the things you should use your tongue. I've talked a lot about what you should not say with your tongue. But, but, but I, I, want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about what you should use your tongue to say. Because you should use your tongue to praise the Lord. And you should use your tongue to bless your brother. And you should use your tongue to deal kindly with your neighbor. And you should use your tongue to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are things we are told by the scriptures to use our tongue for. But I don't even have to address those things. I can go directly to the root of the matter. Matthew 12 verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Oh generation of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, hear this, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What's coming out of your mouth? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. See, I don't know how to get a hold of my tongue. I just, I spout off. 
somebody makes me mad and I, and I react in anger. Somebody, somebody bothers me and I react with irritability. And, 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 and then I hear something and I, and I feel this impulse to share it. What, what do I do? You, you, it doesn't start with the tongue. It starts with the heart. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, hallelujah, be acceptable in thy sight, O God. It starts with what are you meditating on? What are you dwelling on? What are you thinking about? What is your heart indicting? What are you filling your heart with? Fill it with the abundance of the glory of God. Fill it with the abundance of the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. I can't go with you everywhere that you are and say, now don't say this and don't say that and make sure that you don't say this and don't use that word. Dear Lord, have mercy. Don't use that word. And don't say this and stop telling that story and don't say this about so-and-so and you're hurting them if you tell this story. Don't tell. I can't do that. But the Holy Ghost inside of you, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost inside of you is a tempering power. Thank God. And when your tongue is yielded to God, your whole body becomes an instrument of righteousness. Fill your heart with the abundant abundantly good things of God let it be full to overflowing with joy and with love and with life and with peace hallelujah are you rejoicing with those that rejoice do you stop and think about the blessing of the Lord in other people's lives? Or do you just sit around complaining about what's not going right in yours? There's a reason why it never goes right. Because you're not opening up the doors of the power of God in your life. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Thank God for the blessing of the Lord in other people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let your heart be filled to overflowing and your mouth will follow suit. And when people talk to you, blessing will flow from you. Hallelujah. Blessing and honor. Hallelujah. And peace and love and life. Thank you, Jesus. And all of that biting, all of that profanity, and all of that vanity, and all of that cursing, and all of that backbiting and double-tongue talk, it'll vanish away. And it will be replaced by a tongue that exalts the Lord God of glory. And everything in your world will begin to blossom. Your children will begin to blossom. Your family, your marriage, your ministry, your finances, your, your, your whole world, your, your, your peace of mind, all of it will begin to blossom as you yield your tongue unto the Lord. I wonder if we could just lift up a praise to God right now. Say, Lord, fill my heart to overflowing with goodness of God, with the goodness of God, with the goodness of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if you could stand with me right now. I want to, I want to share something with you. Just stay. Here's, I just want to share this spiritual principle with you. Remember when Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust doth not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. Remember when Jesus said that? So just wave your hand to me if you, if you remember the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is an actual kingdom that will be established on this earth. God is going to establish his kingdom and has done so in his church. And it will be perfected until that last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And when death is vanquished, it is the most glorious, most wonderful thing. And there will be life even forevermore. But until that day, the kingdom of God is within you. 
That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is within you. So the treasures that you lay up for yourselves in heaven are the treasures that you lay up in your spirit. You lay them up in here. Hallelujah. The priceless treasures. The pearl of great price. The treasure that is hidden in the field. It goes right here inside of me. It's perfect love. It's perfect peace. It's a precious faith that was once delivered to the saints. Hallelujah. It goes right here. Lay up for yourselves treasures in that glorious kingdom of heaven. It's, you're laying it up. That's why the Bible says the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit is what we should long for. Not the outward adornment or outward ornamentation. That's not what is true adornment. What is true adornment is what's going on on the inside. That's true adornment. That's true ornamentation. A meek and a quiet spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it get inside of you. Fill the treasure house with the abundance of thanksgiving. Fill the treasure house with the abundance of peace and love and life and grace and mercy. And that's exactly what will come out of your mouth. And it'll come out of your mouth when people talk to you. They'll hear it. They'll hear love and peace and grace. This is what, when they heard those men speak, they perceived they were unlearned and they were ignorant, the apostles. But they took note they had been with Jesus because they heard the way they talked and they heard the words they spoke. There was something inside of them and it was not a deadly poison and it was not a world of iniquity and it was not a fire of hell and it was not the fire of the course of nature. It was a peace that passes understanding. It is a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is a love that casts out fear. It is blessing, blessing, blessing. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That river of living water that flows out of him flows out of his mouth. And in Ezekiel, he saw that river of living water. And he said there were dead things. But when the river of living water touched those dead things, they came to life. If you will let what is in the abundance of your heart given to you by God, if you will let it flow out of your mouth, it'll touch, it'll touch dead things and they'll come back to life. Dead hope will begin to breathe again. Dead trust will begin to trust again. I wonder if there's somebody here right now that wants to give God your tongue. Come on down right now in the name of Jesus. You said, I spoke in tongues a long time. It's time to get the Holy Ghost again. It's time to re be refilled. Hallelujah. It's time to yield your tongue as an instrument of righteousness. Lord, this unruly member of my body, this unruly tongue, God, I give it to you right now. Come on, I want you to come and give it to God in praise. Give it to God in repentance. Give it to God in humble adoration. Lord, help me to control this. I can't tame it. No man can tame the tongue. Woo, hallelujah. Lord, let me be a blessing to my world and not a deadly poison. Let me be a blessing to my family and not a deadly poison. Let me be a blessing to my church and not a deadly poison. Let me be a blessing to my community and not a deadly poison. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Glory to God. Woo, yes, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. Give it to God, give it to God, give it to God. Here you say that I'm your friend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.